in the days right before the bombing, Dr. Masakazu Fuji being prosperous, hedonistic, and at the time not too busy, had been allowing himself the luxury of sleeping until 9 or 9.30. But fortunately, he had to get up early the morning the bomb was dropped to see a house guest off on the train. He rose at six and a half an hour later, walked with his friend to the station, not far away, across two of the rivers. He was back home by seven, just as a siren sounded a sustained warning. He ate breakfast and then, because the morning was already hot, undressed down to his underwear and went out on a porch to read the paper. This porch, in fact, the whole building, was curiously constructed. Dr. Fuji was the proprietor of a peculiarly Japanese institution, a private single doctor hospital. This building, perched beside and over the water of the Kyo River and next to the bridge of the same name, contained 30 rooms for 30 patients in their kinfolk. For according to Japanese custom, when a person falls sick and goes to a hospital, one or more members of his family go and live there with him to cook for him, bathe, massage, and read him, and to offer incessant familial sympathy without which a Japanese patient would be miserable indeed. Dr. Fuji had no beds, only straw mats for his patients. He did, however, have all sorts of modern equipment, an x-ray machine, diathermy apparatus, and a fine-tiled laboratory. The structure rested two-thirds on the land, one-third on piles over the tidal waters of the kill. This overhang, the part of the building where Dr. Fuji lived, was queer-looking, but it was cool in summer, and from the porch which faced away from the center of the city, the prospect of the river, with pleasure boats drifting up and down it, was always refreshing. Dr. Fuji had occasionally had anxious moments when the otter and its mouth branches rose to flood, but the piling was apparently firm enough and the house had already held. Dr. Fuji had been relatively idle for about a month because in July, as the number of untouched cities in Japan dwindled and as Hiroshima seemed more and more inevitably a target, he began turning patients away on the ground that in case of a fire raid, he would not be able to evacuate them. Now, he had only two patients left. A woman from Yano, injured in the shoulder, and a young man of 25 recovering from burns he had suffered when the steel factory near Hiroshima, in which he worked, had been hit. Dr. Fuji had six nurses to tend his patients. 
his wife and children were safe. His wife and one son were living outside Osaka, and another son and two daughters were in the country on Kyushu. A niece was living with them, and a maid and a manservant. He had little to do and did not mind, for he had saved some money. At fifty, he was healthy, convivial, and calm, and he was pleased to pass the evening drinking whiskey with friends, always sensibly and for the sake of conversation. Before the war, he had affected brands imported from Scotland and America. Now he was perfectly satisfied with the best Japanese brand, Suntory. Dr. Fuji sat down, cross-legged in his underwear, on a spotless matting of the porch, put on his glasses, and started reading the Osaka Asahi. He liked to read the Osaka news because his wife was there. He saw the flash. To him, faced away from the center and looking at his paper, it seemed brilliant yellow. Startled, he began to rise to his feet. In that moment, the hospital leaned behind his rising and with a terrible ripping noise, toppled into the river. The doctor, still in the act of getting to his feet, was thrown forward and round and over. He was buffeted and gripped. He lost track of everything because things were so speeded up. He felt the water. Dr. Fuji hardly had time to think that he was dying before he realized that he was alive. Squeezed tightly by two long timbers in a V across his chest, like a muscle suspended between two huge chopsticks, held upright so that he could not move, with his head miraculously above water and his torso and legs in it. The remains of his hospital were all around him, in a mad assortment of splintered lumber and the materials for the relief of pain. His left shoulder hurt terribly. His glasses were gone. 